Rod Builders, save the date. On April 12th, 13th, and 14th, Angler's Resource will host the Mastering Rod Building Seminar in Foley, Alabama. The event will feature a series of presentations by some of the biggest names in the rod building community, along with vendors, live music, free food, and even a keg of beer. The event's free to attend, but entry is limited to the first 150 spot people who sign up. So to reserve your spot, visit anglersresource.net slash seminar. That's anglersresource.net slash seminar and fill out the registration form on the Hope page. See you there. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Mastering Rod Building Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Faulkner, and I am joined today by, this is one of my, I've really been excited to do this topic, and uh, I've been anxious to share an episode about one of the more advanced and sort of emerging uh, trends in bespoke custom rod building. This is highly, highly custom, you know, really attuned to the details and and high end and parts and, and processes and everything else. But I am delighted to be joined today by Mike Ward from uh, Back Creek Custom Rods and CustomColoredGuides.com. And so to give you a little background on Mike, uh, so he's been building rods since about 2019, which when I've known Mike for about that long, and I'm absolutely stunned to look at his work and see what he's capable of that he's only been building for that uh, period of time. Actually, I hate him. I'm jealous. I'm mad at him for it. And he, but he's he's been building since 2019 and does absolutely beautiful and advanced work. In addition to being the founder of Back Creek Custom Rods and Custom Colored Guides, Mike's work has been featured on Let's see, the covers of the Rod Crafter Journal, uh, which is the Custom Rod Builders Guild publication. He's been uh, featured in Rod Maker Magazine, has even had a cover shot there. He's been featured on, as we all recognize, one of the most you know, highly regarded rewards that a rod builder can get. He's been featured in the Mullet Minute on the Mudhole Live monthly web show, right? So, um, and also has been featured by Angler's Resource and Fuji's Profiles in Rod Building. So, very, very accomplished builder, does some beautiful work, and uh, you definitely somebody who uh, you can look up, whether it's, you know, decorative guide wraps, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, grip techniques, uh, whether it's th- thread art or whether it's, you know, custom coloring and anodizing guides. So kind of the topic of today's discussion began playing around in 2021. Well, actually before that, uh, but started the business custom colored guides in early 2021, where he specializes in anodizing titanium parts and powder coating steel parts and in addition to all that and the fact that he's a heck of a nice guy and is often joined at the shows by his lovely wife he also has the patience of job because we recorded this entire podcast once before only to and we had a great conversation it was a lot of fun and we turned it into uh my digital editorial partner great days outdoors who i love and they got back to me and said ah you might want to re-record this one. And I'm like, what? I don't want to re-record that. It was perfect. And then we started listening to it and it was like, yep, up, colored, turn. So you're welcome that we are, uh, that we're re-recording. And Mike, thanks so much for your patience and your willingness to uh, educate us again, since you already did this once and uh, did a great job. No, I appreciate it, Bill. Thanks for that that uh, great great intro, and yeah, definitely happy to have the opportunity to to, to chat about things. Uh, we'll, we'll make the second time the charm. So, absolutely, yeah, exactly. We, we we may have lost some spontaneity, but we'll probably paint in some corners, right? And actually, exactly. we were talking before we started recording. We uh, 
there's some advancements uh, in the months since uh, since we first recorded it that we decided we shouldn't be talking about then because it was too uh, top secret at the time. But now it's uh, in the open and we can add that. So you're getting a delayed but improved podcast, right? That's so right. That's right. as you know from your first dance with me, the question I always make everybody answer when they're a guest on the Mastering Rod Building podcast is, how did you get into fishing and how did you get into rod building? Sure. Well, so I guess my start in fishing goes back to uh, kind of early, early young kid days when I was uh, back in, in North Carolina. My dad was in the Air Force, so we moved around a fair bit to a number of different places across the central and, and eastern U.S. But both of my folks were from um, North Carolina. And my mom in particular was from the the northeastern part of North Carolina. And we would come back on the summers and um, granddad would take take me out fishing either out to uh, out onto the Chowan River to pier on some, some family friends had some land out there, or we would go out on a boat out onto the uh, to the Albemarle Sound and, and yep. go fishing in different you know different aspects there. So you know a lot of it started back you know as a lot of us do. Go, it's, it's the the journey starts with the old cane pole yep. and uh, and the bobber off the off the dock, and uh, then progressed a bit you know into to fishing off the boat and, and so forth, and then kind of. As I got older and you know, kind of got away from things there for a bit until I guess it was more sometime after I got married and we moved here to Mevin, North Carolina, uh, onto some of my wife's family's farmland. And uh, there's a couple of farm ponds around here. So I had the mm -hmm. opportunity to kind of you know, get out and hit some farm ponds and, you know, when things were when, when things were right. And from there, what really sort of drove drove my passion around fishing and then that which would led into the rod building, we took a vacation up to Smith Mountain Lake, Virginia, which is about not quite two hours from, from where I live and went up there, had, had a friend that said, yeah, you should go up there and, and vacation is a great place. So we went up there and rented a house on the lake and was looking at things to do while we were there for the week, uh, other than just sit in the house all day or swim off the dock and saw how they had the, you know, a bunch of guides for striped bass. Oh Yeah. So just sort of last minute started calling around and, and got hold of one uh, by the name of Dale Wilson, who unfortunately passed away a couple of years. But uh, Dale was a, a longtime big largemouth bass fisherman and fished mm -hmm. a lot of the, the tournament trails and, and things, but also a really big striped bass, artificial striped bass fisherman. Mm -hmm. So he and I, and, and actually my son, who was, uh, I don't know, elementary school at the time anyway, yeah. we went out and um, and for the morning and we caught or five i can't remember striped bass on jigging jigging flukes and oh, nice uh, that turned into a very expensive vacation as they say <laughs> um that, that vacation i was gonna say to, that, well i should say that then after that uh that we rented a pontoon boat while we were there for for a couple of days and so i just kind of went out with myself in a five foot six bait caster rod and not having really any clue what i was doing no electronics and just going out blind to a few areas where we had been the you know the day before with the guide and and i hooked into uh what I, then was the biggest fish i'd ever seen probably a 13 pound striped bass and um yeah that that became a very very expensive point that vacation turned into purchasing a, a boat uh the, the next winter and then not to i guess it was a year after that we ended up purchasing a townhouse up there we had for quite a number of years and and uh, yeah, so 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 that really got me very heavily engaged in the the striped bass fishing community around yeah. Smith Mountain Lake, and and I was you know fishing every chance I could get, and and then some up in the area led me into getting involved with the the local striped bass 
club there in the area and, and taking some leadership roles in that and, and getting involved in some tournament activities. And, and that actually then progressed into what has become a, a something that we're starting our ninth year now, the Striper Mafia Tournament Series. Uh, it's a yep. catch photo release tournament series on Smith Mountain Lake. But somewhere through that process, um, you know, chatting with some guys and some other, other striper anglers, we got to talking about building rods and, you know, with, with stripe bass fishing, the way I typically do it is live bait fishing yeah. and we'll fish, yeah. you know, we'll fish six to 12 rods at a time. And said, so, well, it'd be really nice to have my own rods or, you know, some, mm -hmm. some really nice stuff that I had built. And so I looked into some class or actually, I think I, if I remember right, I, there was going to be a mud hole class coming down to the area. There you go. Reasonable area. I think it was probably Winston at the time. And I was going to do it, and some for some reason the stars didn't align, and I, and I did not end up doing that class back then. And kind of hindsight, I always wish I had had the opportunity to, to go do it, but um, it just sort of fell to the back burner. And, and like I said, things got busy with other activities around fishing and the, the tournament series and so forth. And then, then back in in 1999, I said, you know, all right, it's finally time to do this and and uh, get involved in, in rod building and and uh, start start building my own rods. And you know, I kind of went to the international custom rod builders expo in oh, yeah. february of 1999 yeah and uh really went there with the intent to come away with whatever i needed to get started right, right. and um and really just kind of go in and get a lot of information in fact i spent a lot of the time i guess november december leading up into that uh you know watching all this many youtube videos i can uh you know, some of these uh, Falconer custom rod videos, I'd say. That guy's a hack, man. Watching. Yeah, that guy's uh, a yeah, hack. Ignore you know, that guy. And a and, and number of others to and kind of learn, learn, to, learn the ropes before actually touching anything. But then yeah, yeah. after ICRB, I said, well, okay. I, you know, one thing I've learned along the way is, you know, like, like a lot of things in life, you, you know, buy once cry once kind of a situation right Absolutely. get the right yeah. get the right tools in place and and the right and so forth so i decided i was going to build my own dryer uh, heated dryer cabinet because uh, my shop was going to be down in my uh, finished basement which always stays a bit on the cool side sure so it took me a, took me a while to get around to getting that built but uh somewhere at the back end of 99 i guess i kind of finally had everything ready to actually start wrapping guides and and uh so it, Somewhere like summer, early fall, nineteen ninety nine, we kind of things got really started, and really it's been off, often going since then. It's uh, been been a great experience, and enjoy the enjoy the creative aspect of it, and then obviously the the network uh, we have across rod builders worldwide, and and the way to kind of express creativity. Yeah, oh yeah, it's wonderful. And and Mike would never say this, but Mike's uh, you know, there's lots of talented rod builders out there, but Mike's really talented. And and one of the things I really like about your work, not that my opinion is the, is the, you know, defining factor, you've worked really hard at all facets of it. You've done some really advanced uh, custom grip stuff, both EVA and wood and metal and kind of hybrid construction. You've done a bunch of really, really pretty thread work, a lot of open uh, and closed traditional cross wraps. You, I, you've done some really neat, I don't know, would we call them abstract or... So you just have a obviously have a really good eye for color and and proportion and pattern and uh, there, there's literally uh, nothing you can't do. And then you got into this custom colored guide stuff, right? And so part of why I would hold up Mike is 
you know, if you work hard and, and what was lost in that is you hear him saying, I'm going to I'm going to make an investment in my equipment and, and get it right. Right. And he also said, I watched and learned as much as I could before I started. Right. Before I started practicing. And I think both of those things are are key elements. But certainly, Mike, you do beautiful work. Finish works beautiful. You know, all of that. So my hat's off to you for for no longer than you've been building to have that level of mastery. That's to me, that's very impressive. And and that's cool. So. Let's get into the the meat of the lineup here and sort of the reason for for the podcast. So um, I first got to know Mike, uh, I think through ICRBE and the NURBS probably, and he had on display at ICRBE a bunch of custom colored guides. And uh, at the time, it was before you were powder coating, I think it was just anodizing titanium. And so I want to be clear so we don't confuse anybody. There are two different processes, right, that are based on the different metals. You want to kind of talk us through just a really high level how you got into this, what inspired you and how you started messing with it. And, and also the difference between the anodization for titanium process and the powder coating process. Sure, sure. So within anodizing, there's actually two types of anodizing that, that can be done. One is typically done with uh, aluminum mm -hmm. and it's a, it's a, it is an electrochemical process as well, but it's one that is actually a dye-based process where Fundamental Multiple tanks, here. different temperatures, exactly. different chemicals. It's kind it's of a, a real witch's brew uh, yeah. kind of setup, right? Uh, where you're, where fundamentally you're opening up pores in the metal to to dye the kind of surface levels of the metal and then seal that back. And it's right. and, and that's something I I haven't taken on at least at least yet. And uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll occasionally get a lot of you know, requests for. Can you anodize this real seed or something? I was just like gonna that? say, yeah, reels and real. I was, for for those of you who are custom builders or fishermen, like if you think about custom colored accurate reels, right? Uh, you think right. about exactly. custom colored anodized, you know, the the real seats. Uh, I think of some like Batson has some really pretty colors. Uh, AB One does some. Yep. The, the aluminum anodization process is different than the titanium anodization process. So so talk to us about that titanium, this the the simpler titanium process yeah and so so on the titanium side it is a it's a little less uh i guess we could we could call it a little it's simpler in the sense that there's not as many uh steps and chemicals and baths that the metal goes through but fundamentally right. what 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 it is is it's a there's a, a do some preparation to the to the piece and then it, and you then put the piece into a an electric or you know basically into an electrolyte solution and then run voltage through that part and the the voltage level whether it be 10 volts or 50 volts or or 90 volts will result in the in an oxidation layer forming on the surface of the metal and this is a you know, a micron thick oxidation level, right. but the, the sort of the thickness of that oxidation level grows is determined by the voltage and that determines the color. Yep. Uh, effectively how, as light bounces through that oxidation level, that's the, how, how we end up seeing the, the color that we see. So yep. um, it's a, it, it's a, it's an interesting process. It's one that the, the great, the nice thing about it is it's, there's no coating that can chip or peel or anything. Right. Of never any, peels, never flakes. Issues. Right. Exactly. And, and doesn't change the weight of the part. Right. right. And, and to be clear, it correct my understanding. And, and you have a really great write up about this on your website. So if you go to back Creek custom rods and then you click on a uh, custom colored guides, 
he'll walk you through this process and the difference between color anodized titanium and powder coated stainless steel. I mean, color anodized titanium is not perfect. There's a limited range of colors you can get. Most notably, if you're looking for a really shiny, like the old Fuji or Pac Bay gold, you can't get exactly that color. And, right. and you can't get red, and that's not Mike's fault. It's not that Mike doesn't want to give it to you. It's that you just uh, you're, you're limited by what the the metal will do and the tolerances it'll take and all that kind of stuff. But you, you have a great range of colors from pale gold through a gold to an old gold, a, a light green, teal, aqua, and slate blues, royal blues, dark blues, and then some of my favorites, the the purples and pinks and violets and, and bronze that you get this really fabulous antique bronze kind of color as well as what's probably my favorite the blurple which is i love color changing kind of holographic things and to me to my eye the blurple um kind of is like a cross between blue and purple and you get a little bit of both and that's just a lot of fun to play with yeah no yeah like i said it's great in that it's it's a very resilient coating yeah. um it's going on titanium, so it's going on a part that can't rust or corrode anyway. So, right. so that's nice. That, like I said, the downsides are we are somewhat limited in color options that we can't, we we're not able to do. And and we'll be frank that you know titanium is a premium priced uh, metal, right. and so that carries that carries sort of the downside, or you know that can be a downside depending on the rod uh, and the budget of the custom rod being built. Now, and, and honestly, some of those drawbacks were what led me to ultimately kind of explore and push forward with the the powder coating options as well. Yeah, um, probably the biggest driver for me, honestly, was I wanted to be able to have a red option big NC state, uh, NC state fed and, and red's, a, red's an important color in my building palette. So that was, that yep. was key, but, but it was also then to be able to bring forward a, a more economical option as right. well. And, and when done properly, the powder coating on these guides is, is quite robust. It's bulletproof. I've, yeah. It's really strong. I've got a video actually where you know, I'm banging on it with, uh, emulating hitting it on a pole on a boat or yep. and smacking it with a hammer and the the guide totally deforms with the coatings just smiling back at you happy as can be so yeah yeah you know, and again no i would say when done properly exactly that's what she said i would capitalize underline and bold when done right. properly it, right because uh you know it, we we were talking about as we were going to cover this topic it was i always try to be respectful of artists like you and sort of like hey where are the boundaries what can we talk about what can we not talk about because the goal is to educate people and, and let them know this highly custom option is out there as don schaefer said it, the thing about uh your custom base your customer base being rod builders is it's like they're one of the best groups of DIYers in the world, right? And so there's always going to be people that want to try this for themselves on their own. And that's fine. You know, Mike's not going to give you the uh, the secret sauce and everything he's learned over the last several years of working really hard at doing this. Other than I think, Mike, it's fair to say that you would warn people to be ready to have a scrap heap, right? Exactly. I mean, they're particularly with the titanium and, yeah. and I guess it goes with powder coat as well, but with the titanium, uh, there are different aspects and, and sometimes I can't explain why it happens or what yeah. happens, but uh, uh, where the process just doesn't go as you want it to go. Right. And, um, and or, or you have to tweak the process for a big guide versus a small guide to arrive at. Right. It, the the voltages and things don't work exactly. You can't just set the one voltage across a 40 to a six or a five right. uh, guide um, but sometimes even you know, other aspects of it kind of play different and and sometimes the parts just won't they don't just they just don't come out right yeah. uh, from a a finished quality kind of perspective and it's one thing when it's on a you know a single foot five 
Um, a whole different story was on a double-footed KW40 or 50. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. It you see it. Right. Yeah. From well, for, and that and from uh from how it how it uh, hits your pocketbook in terms of <laughs> what that means at that. Point. No doubt. Yeah. We'll we'll burn fives all day compared to that 40, won't we? Exactly. But and, and you know I, part you know, of part of it, I, what Mike's up against too is, and I would just bring this up for the audience to keep it in mind. And when you see his work and when you order a set from him and he, he does stuff for me personally all the time, we've had him do some stuff for English resource. He does beautiful work and he's not going to let it out the door if it's not right, but he has had, you know, a learning curve and in, in to, to perfect any process that happens. And, and I can tell you for sure, beyond the shadow of any doubt, uh, titanium is an alloy, right? And they're proprietary alloys. And so for example, the two people making, High quality titanium guides right now are, are Batson and, and Fuji, and those are or Alps, I guess, and Fuji, and those are not the same uh, alloy, right? So he's got to tweak the right. process between those. There's some natural, like he mentioned, the size. So, so again, this is not to discourage anybody. If you want to learn about this, you could go on YouTube right now and look on some knife making channels and they'll show you how to anodize a single part, you know, using some nine volt batteries, daisy chain. Mike's process is a very different process that exhibits a sort of a, a different level of precision and a, a, and a quality of outcome. But by all means, if you want to try it, you know, uh, try it. No, you know, gold is going to prove challenging for you and you're never going to get a true red. And that's true of anybody, regardless of how much they invest in the equipment. The other thing, Mike, and you do a really good job of bringing this up on the website. And I think this was definitely a learning for me. It may have even been a surprise and a learning for you, but um, tip tops in the titanium trains, mm -hmm. right? So you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So, so it, well, a couple of things that, that have come along with that, the, the titanium tip tops and, to my knowledge, the only vendors that provide a quote titanium tip top are Fuji and Sea Guide, and they first of all there's some some processes and things that had to be done to get to where you can anodize them in, in any fashion. Um, they don't anodize just like a, a guide will, right. but but more more so and beyond that, the um, it turns out the tubes on the tip tops are actually stainless steel. Right. The tubes themselves, of course, therefore won't won't color. Um, the frame and, and what goes around the, the ceramic ring will. Um, so so that's just something that I try to make sure customers are aware of is that yep. you know we you know we can color we can color the tip tops and it it takes some extra work and it's you know it can be a, a bit laborious to a fair bit more work to do the tip top than any one guide or even the set of guides at times. But yeah, you know, it, it, the tube itself is still going to remain silver. So if you're trying to go with a, a all dark setup with purple or something like that, you're going to have this little shiny silver. So yep. there are times where actually, and I've been trying to work to expand the powder coat color options to kind of find a, to have some color match pairs Light it up a little bit. Yeah. Top yeah. So that if they wish to go with a powder coat tip top, which, you know, if given the rate at, at which tip tops can get damaged over the regular guides, you know, it's maybe not a bad thing to have a, a cheaper or less expensive tip top option, you know, sure. available to you to swap them out down the line if it, if it, if that came about. But you just did give them that kind of secondary color option. The other thing I'll recommend a lot of times is for people to think about doing a contrasting color on the tip top. Mm -hmm. you know uh, just to kind of mix it up and, and that's the great thing with the guides is uh with coloring doing these color guides whether it be titanium or an an titanium anodization or powder coat on the stainless or we can powder coat the titanium is for that matter but is the fact that you know you can you're not set to all the same colors up the whole guides i've done 
uh, mahi mahi theme guide sets that you know, went from blue to golds to greens. I've got some. Uh, I love them. They're so cool. Yeah. Yeah, and and um, you know, and, and different, and have done some purple and golds and in and things of that nature, right? So, it's a you know, you can really, it's just a, it's another place to express your creative palette, you know, within within the rod building, and and I, I guess I'll I'll kind of step back a little bit of what kind of brought me into some of some of doing the yeah, how'd you get started doing the annotation was, you know, I I was building you know building rods and and obviously doing guide wraps and and the decorative uh grip work and things like that and it sure. it'd be really nice to be able to get some color out on, the, on the, the ends of the guides and you know there there's some some vendors have some color options whether it be pvd coated um ceramics and things like that to give you some color option right right um but you're you're, you're fairly limited and right. i had seen some work that uh billy vavona and also Lori baird had done um mm -hmm. anodizing guides in the past and said mm -hmm. well that's really cool and i'm kind of let me figure out how to go do that and so going back to your point about the you know rod builders being the probably one of the biggest collection of do-it-yourselfers and makers right sort of fell into that category i guess and and went off and kind of decided i want to figure that out and then see how that works and and then you know, again, so that that really took me down the the titanium path, and you know, decide with with I'm interested in it, and, and if if there's a desire to have them on my rods, likely other builders would like to have access to it as well. So sure, you know, that's where I decided to you know let's let's kind of expand and, and make these available to the market, and then that then just sort of a natural course of enough you know between myself asking how do I do red or how do I get red, <laughs> and then enough yeah. other customers asking. Or other color options that's sort of what led down the powder coat path and and again it's an area i'm certainly not claiming credit for for forging these paths i mean folks like uh i know bill menzel um mm -hmm. down in texas uh has done a lot of powder coating on on guides for rods he builds in the past and then yeah. uh adam lanthrop used to um i think used to actually you know would would do this as a service to the to the industry as well and yeah and he did some great work and i was it's part of why i'm so glad you've gotten into it is he did so much great work for me but he's got little kids and he's like a full-time commercial airline pilot and he's just like yeah i'm done i gotta go work <laughs> it's like what? Yeah. i'm just it's like getting getting free crack and you finally get to where you uh you have a craving and a need for it and you can't get it right like so uh yeah your timing is excellent and you do high quality work too right like yeah, it's, it's easy to do an inconsistent job to get a really consistent job with a great Mike is truly a craftsman. Mike knows what great looks like, and he 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 maintains very high quality control. I really appreciate that about your process. Well, I appreciate that. It's, I mean, it's one thing I ask. I try to help all the customers understand, and I ask them to you know a little bit of a uh, little bit of grace in the process is because all these guys are done one at a time. Yep. One, you know, I'm not ordering in a box from from China of you know red guides in every color. You know, they're. I get the guides from the vendors and then they get processed and colored one at a time here. Right. Basically to order just, just cause if, if you think about the permutations of styles of guides, sizes of guides and so forth, it's just logistically impractical to even think about trying to hold inventory of, you know, all of them colored in all the different colors. Right. Right. So um, yeah. it, it kind of gets done. So, you know, I, I do my best to turn them around as quick as possible while still building rods and trying to you know, get out striper fishing every once in a while with the general life and once in a while <laughs> go fishing but uh yeah you know, exactly we, you know, it kind of kind of bring that forward so but no yeah it's 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 been a great opportunity to sort of again expand expand the uh you know another variable to to truly personalize and customize 
the right being built, uh, you know, for your particular vision. Absolutely. And one of the things I'll just share my personal experience with these. Part of why I like them is for a couple of reasons. One is most people have never seen a custom colored guide, whether it's anodized titanium or whether it's powder coated stainless. And so the uh, impact these guides have on people who, for whom the color kind of resonates with them, it can be really impactful. So the people who like colored guides love colored guides. And so that's, to me, that's really cool. Anytime you can really give somebody what they want and ooh um and wow um, uh, you know, match the guides to the reel they have, match the guides to their team colors. You know, it's just, it's a real way to differentiate any particular custom build from even run-of-the-mill custom builds, which are not run-of-the-mill at all, but it's it's all relative, right? You know, the other thing too is, I personally have found, you know, steel, salt always wins, right? That's what my yep, brother and right. I always say. And if you've never owned a boat in salt water, if you ever do, you'll learn. Salt always wins, right? I have personally found the powder-coated guides to resist corrosion, the powder-coated stainless steel even better than the the stainless steel alone, right? So you're not only making an investment in the in the cosmetics of the rod and the aesthetic and how custom it is and how differentiated it is, they actually hold up really, really, really well. And I've gotten to where I favor them for all my like surf rods, land-based shark rods, those rods that you know are going to get salty, nasty, sandy, dirty, and, 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 you know, get in a beach cart and get drugged back and forth and, uh, you know, to kind of take a beating. It can be a, a, a great investment in, you know, durability and, and longevity too. So, you know, again, if you, if you're happy with the, the plain guides, um, that's fine. Uh, but if you've never tried them, I, I would highly recommend maybe just, Try one set, right? Whether it's powder coated or whether it's anodized titanium, and you might, uh, it's really impressive for being such a small detail. The impact it has on on how the rod looks to me is just fantastic. No, I agree. It's, 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 you know, it's one other area you can, can, uh, you know, personalize that rod. I want to do, I do want to touch on one thing though with powder coating, right? Um, and if you don't believe how durable these are, like I, since, since Mike brought up Adam Lathrop, I, I gave Adam a really hard time. This was a while back when he was still coating these guides. And, and I said, Hey man, are these going to hold up? Cause I'm building mostly for saltwater. And he said, before I ever started selling them, I put one, he had a, he had like a size 25 double foot guide that was powder coated and he just left it in his, in his live well, in his saltwater flats boat. And just when it fill up the live well, he'd fill it up with salt water. When he was done fishing, he'd let it drain it out, had fish slime all. And he literally had it in there for like six months and it looked as new as the day he had put it in there. And he's like, all right, I'm going to, I believe in this process, but it is a coating, right? Uh, you are putting a right. coating on top of the stainless steel frame. You have an almost infinite variety of powder coats available. So on one hand, you could say the sky's the limit on color. But just a couple of cautions there, right, Mike, because not all colors and all types of colors show equally well. And usually you've got to order a minimum of like a five pounds of this powder, right, in order to try a new color. So I don't know, you know, if there's any cautionary notes there on the pros and cons of, of powder coating from your perspective. The good news is the, the color palette's wide open. You're not limited to yeah. the way the metal reacts to an electrical current. And, and, and you know, the ability to get red, the ability to get multiple golds, the ability to get some really bright, flashy colors. But, you know, not all powders are equally suited. I don't know if you'd say any more about sort of the, the possible oh, yeah, downsides to powder coat. 
Well, we could talk about, I mean, the like I said, there's there's a huge option or, you know, portfolio of colors that are available from a, a number of quality powder coat vendors. The, the downside is, you know, as you mentioned, you've got to purchase. Most vendors will will sell in smallest minimum quantities of one pound. Oh, one pound. Um, okay. And, you know, one pound of powder can, you know, depending on the powder, it can run from eight to thirty dollars, just sort of depending on the 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 nature and the characters and, and, and I guess the pigments and things that are involved right. involved in, in that. So from on my end, I, I stock a handful of colors and I, I expand that over time as as there's demand for it. But it's you know I can't offer every color stock, if you will. Right. But right. that said, if a customer, if someone has a you know really if they have a need for a very specific color or desire for a particular color. You know, we can do a you know a custom on that, and and as long as we can, you know, can cover the cost of the the color, I'll bring that in and and go from there. I I do tend to use a lot of the quote unquote candy clear powder yeah. coats, yeah. particularly when they're applied on top of a polished chrome frame. I think they give a really vibrant kind of effect in sunlight. You know, you get that sort of depth effect. Yeah. The I have also used uh, what are, I guess, more solid type colors. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I have found with some of the solids is at times they have to go on a bit heavier yeah. uh, to get good uniform coverage. And the thing I always worry about is the heavier that powder coat is going on, the more potential, you know, it cr- creates potential for for chipping just with that thicker coating over time. Sure. So yeah. probably the biggest request or the single most requested color at the moment is white. Really? Oh man, I hadn't I haven't tried white. I'm gonna have to try white. And I've I've got a couple of whites. I've done a I've I have a white that I used, but it was a real cheap white powder and it just it had to go on very heavy to get coverage and the durability on it was not where it needed to be. So I I've actually gotten some other white options. I just have got to find some time to just to to run a few and then put them through the rigor. Um, on that because yeah def- definitely a, a lot of requests around around white that, that come along um the the other ones that i guess i might provide some some caution if you will would yeah. be is some of the neon colors mm-hmm. neons are extremely popular in the catfish world mm. today um with a lot of kind of the uh, you know that's interesting i was just at the big rock expo in nashville the first week in january and every single booth selling catfish specific gear had the most yes. neon colored rods and lines and and everything that's interesting yeah several of the vendors catch the fever and mad cats and a couple of others oh yeah come out yep. you've know, been yep. building kind of serving that market over the last number of years they've really kind of focused on those bright and and sort of you know black light fluoresced kind of rods because a lot of times those guys will fish a bunch of lights uh, rods at night and they'll throw a black light against the against their line to fluoresce and just like they'll light it all up so so yeah the, we have they're definitely neon color options but one thing just as the rods will tend to do the guides will tend to do as what well, our cat the potential to do as well which is fade it over all fades time, over time that's right <laughs> just the nature of nature of the uv pigment or the yeah. the fluorescent pigments right yeah. so it's just something to to be aware of i mean there's things you can do to help mitigate that if you wax your rods and guides with a you know a good wax it has a uv inhibitor things sure. like that i mean i personally i recommend that regardless whether it be titanium or uh, the powder coat guys but particularly with powder coat i recommend that they be you know you at after end of any fishing trip especially saltwater, to wash down your gear with some, some soap and water. fresh water oh yeah you know, 
just like you would do your reels and anything else anyway right right, right. In, in his life if you take care of your gear it's gonna you know it's gonna hold up and give you good service over over the long term if if you're going to take your powder coated rod or powder coated guide rod out onto the to the rocky shore and just throw the rods down on the rocks and not give them any care well you know maybe we should just use it's gonna uh, show yeah regular old guides and, <laughs> you know and it's something I, I was having this conversation with someone not too long ago and i said well have you ever looked at some rods that have black guides on them and what do they look like after years of being fished really hard and if you know a lot of those guides that have the black guides that that's yep. a coating on those guides as well and yep. and they show signs of wear also right so yep. i think it's just just the reality of anything that's a coating on top of a of the base there is that potential and it's all how you treat it so. yeah absolutely so I'm uh, I'm curious. Do you have a uh, a favorite color or a favorite color scheme? I mean, obviously you've done a lot of the the mahi mahi sets are really cool. And what he's doing with the mahi mahi has got all these tones of blues and greens and golds. And you basically you run a progression of colors through the guide train, so they're not all the same color. It's very cool. I obviously love purple. A pink, you know the the pink color of the anodized titanium and the and the the what do you call it? The copper or the brass that kind of antiqued. Right. Yeah. It's a, oh, a bronze, type. bronze, bronze. Yeah, man. So good. But those are my favorites probably. But do you, do you have a personal favorite that you like doing most or does it kind of based yeah. on what you were doing last and, and each time you get a, a perfect job with a new color? So I think it's on the titanium end. I personally really like the teal color. I think it's a really, it, it comes out really well. It's a nice, it's something a little different than, you know, blue is, everybody's used blue on rods and, and right. so forth. It, right. The teal is just something a little different and it's, and it really pops, I think on, on a lot of rods. Like we're talking about blurple having a little color change. The teal has just a little bit of teal can, and green yeah. almost like to me. That's really, yeah, those are really sharp. And um, so, so the, on that side, then on the, on the powder coating side, again, I guess I, I definitely have a preference on red, uh, but one <laughs> that has I really like doing on the larger frame guides, and it's really become I don't know it might be probably not the number one seller, but close. It's certainly a top three. Is uh, what what was what it was called dark side, and basically it's a sort of a really dark gray candy base with a fine holographic flake in it yeah you got to see this to believe it if you'd have told me you were going to try to do this i would have said i don't think this is going to turn out very well but it looks like the milky way or something it looks like space it looks really cool yeah it's very it's very cool it's um you know it it actually it definitely the the impact is greater on a on a larger frame guide just because you have more surface area for it to work more with. curves but, more angles and, and it yeah. also needs you know, to really appreciate it it needs to be out in sunlight and yeah. movement right um, still pictures just do not do it justice yeah it looks like maybe there's some glitter on the guide or something but right. it's, it's really it really is it's kind of a cool effect and and you know that said i've, I've done it on you know small guides as well and, and it, it still has the effect but you put it on a on a on a real large frame you know boat guide type guide and it it will really pop in the sun yeah so, absolutely so those are cool but but then again you know i like it when someone I, I love the challenges when people come to me and say hey can we do a, a you know like the mahi concepts or can we do a 
you know, the concept are theme type sets, right? You know, doing multiple colors together. Um, you, you know, they're always kind of just fun challenges to put together. So, well, I'm so glad you said that because I have a uh, I have a few pounds of a high quality color change powder. I don't know if it's going to work on guides, but I'm going to mail it to you, and we're going to find out. <laughs> Obviously, that's that's an area. You know, the the true. I guess there's the there's with the color changing. There's sort of the there's like a color change pearl like you would put into a, mm -hmm. a, a painting a coat coating you would spray on a car or something mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then there's the kind of the holographic flake kind of model so yeah i have right. not tried any of the actual you know kind of pearl based coating so it'd be yeah it would be interesting to see how that how that yeah. might mix in blow out but uh well, you so what, you and it's interesting to do if you don't try one. So. You don't. That's right. And I'm willing to I'm willing to burn some guides and, and give you and, and buy the powder and give you a chance to try it because if it if it turns out it looks brilliant on things like Yeti cups. It's just so hard to get such a small item to resolve and change. And I've right. you know been messing with this stuff with paint and blanks and real seats for a while and 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 even putting it in my finish and using it for decorative effects on carbon fiber grips and and all this kind of stuff and. Most of them, it just what it, what looks good on a big piece like a car does not look good on a guy or a tiny little piece. But uh, I hold out hope, so we'll see. I'll send you some, and at the very least, we'll wind up with a gorgeous green color, right? I don't I don't think it'll be a fail. It just may fail to to flip and really chameleon for us. But to me, it's worth a try. And and along those lines, um, before we get to the big reveal that I'm so excited about that I think is going to be cool, talk to me, because there's multiple ways people can order from you, right? So people can either buy their own guides and prep feet, do whatever they want to do and mail them to you and you'll code them and send them back, or they can actually order the guides through you, correct? Correct. So I, on the, so on my website, I have... For titanium, I have multiple option style options there, um, where you can go on, select the the style and model and size of guide, yep. and the color you want, and how you know, quantities of, of each. And that way, if you want to do, you know, all blues, or if you want to do a mahi color set, right, you can you can pick and, and build that into your cart. And right. there's also the uh, the same for the uh, powder coated guides. You can do that and, and order those directly there. And and I hold inventory of of or as best I can of most of those parts on hand so that they can be turned fairly quickly. Yeah. If if there's you know a, a different type of guide that you might wish to use or you have your own or obviously in case of uh, you know some rod builders that uh, have rod building businesses and wholesale accounts and, and yep. would like to be able to flow the purchase of the guide itself, you know, through, through their, their accounts, they can, they can reach out and we can kind of coordinate it. They can uh, either ship me the guides directly. Again, it's, you raised a good point. If you wanted to, you know, if someone wanted to powder coat the foot, you know, generally if you're going to wrap the foot, you know, with a opaque thread, that's not really an issue. But if, you know, one thing that is really cool to do with these powder coated or titanium anodized guides would be to do a, a quote-unquote ghost wrap right use silk uh, a natural silk to wrap the guide and, and let that wrap go translucent that color foot show through and yeah. really see the whole guide right so yeah. in that case you may want to you know that you may want to have it prepped ahead of time um, to your your particular liking absolutely um and so that that's an option in that case you actually go on the website and, and i have a kind of a service line item where you can purchase the you know the, the type the anodization or the powder coating service and then you ship me the guides and i turn those around or if for those if you order through you know one of the various distributors they can always drop ship the guides you can order it and have the guys drop ship to me and then you know process the 
the uh, the service portion separately. So try to make it as flexible as, as we can to handle. Yeah, you make it easy. And then again, you do great quality work. And I just think it's so interesting as an embellishment. And it's, it's, it's you know, all, all aspects of this are interesting and add something. But to me, this almost takes on like a like a jewelry kind of effect, you know what I mean? It's it's just a different a different effect you get with these colored guides and you start matching them up to custom anodized reels and things and it's just super cool, super custom. And again, most people, you know, we're we're nerdy rod builders that listen to a nerdy rod podcast, right? Like rod building, we 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 go to all these shows and see all this stuff. You you watch, you start using some of these guides, you you you'll blow some people's minds if they haven't seen them. And and speaking of blowing minds, Let's talk about what we couldn't talk about before, shall we? Sure. So um, Fuji introduced late last year a new titanium carbon hybrid style of real seat. And I think at first blush, these real seats look a lot like some other quote fingers carbon uh, seats on the market, but it, it is a different animal. And if you want to learn more, uh, we did an episode of this podcast when Fuji kind of blew my mind and first brought out the first couple of sizes of casting and spinning titanium carbon hybrid seats. But one of the interesting features of these seats, besides the L-lock channels and the different geometry that fits basically every real site seat and the fact that you don't need a locking nut to have it not come loose and all these great things, they have a titanium hood on them. And at the time we first uh, recorded the podcast, Mike, that, that we're redoing now, we weren't sure uh, exactly. Or I think the day of you had the first early returns on trying to anodize those. And we couldn't really talk about the seats. But now the seats are in. We're about to release a whole bunch of new styles and sizes of those seats from Fuji, uh, which people have probably seen. Uh, as we record this today, the Yokohama Jaftama show is going on. And Fuji has been waiting for that to drop these new seats. So it's all over the internet and social media and all this buzz. But so the, the world wants to know, can we anodize these titanium hoods on these TCH seats, Mike? And the, the short and sweet answer is yes. Um, yes, got... and they look amazing. Now, they come in two styles. They come in regular titanium and, and T2, which is what Fuji calls the really dark finish. Um, and obviously, uh, we'd recommend if you want to get these custom colored, use the start with the regular titanium, not the T2. Right. And give, give, give Mike a blank canvas and let him sort of work his magic from there. But man, you talk about looking sharp, the hood and the guides match. Oh, so nice. You, Mike's got four sets he's working on for me right now that I can't wait to get my hands on, uh, that I'm going to have to fight Aaron and everybody who works in English Resource. Everybody's like, hey, when those come in, I want that first set. And it's like, well, wait a minute. I want that first set when they come in. So we may have to have a major Rochambeau tournament or something, rock, paper, scissors, to see who gets what. But No, it's it's it's, it's a great way to sort of just tie things together across yep. across the set right it, yep. and um another another place to to personalize the rod that's you know beyond beyond others and, and some might say well that's just you know there's just a small little you know quote unquote small little area it's what i don't know was it a inch by an inch or something like that kind of maybe yeah it depends on the uh, seat it's spacing, not huge but, but yeah but it's it, you know it really just kind of helps connect the rod and the theme of the rod or whatever uh, you know allow it to flow the whole way through they look um, really sharp we may if with your permission we may post a couple of photos in the certainly in the link when we when we post this podcast because they um 
they turned out, you know, we didn't know. We're like, we're not sure if they're using the same proprietary alloy for those as they are for the guide frames, you know, and, and, and again, all this stuff is so top secret. They don't, they don't tell me any of this stuff, obviously. Right. They think I'd probably get on a podcast and tell the world about it or something, but yeah, I was excited to, uh, excited to see the results and they're really spectacular and, and it isn't a big piece, but it is kind of a flat shield shaped piece. Almost. It's almost like a thumbnail shape kind of right. Think about it. It, 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 it really pops because it's it, it is a splash of color for sure right it, it just i think because of the amount of surface area there it really right you know, the color really shouldn't say takes that's the wrong term but it really just it really just pops as you said so it does it's um, like the same thing we we're just talking about with the big car part versus a real small piece it's kind of a big flat piece compared to any piece you'd ever see on a guide and it just really shows well yeah exactly and you know, i think you mentioned that you know whether or not we didn't know if it would work or not being a different alloy and i will say when i first you know I, when i got my hands on it the the first attempt or the the sort of the normal way to that i would take a guide through it it didn't play out i had to I had to step back and think about a couple options and uh and uh, try a few things to to get it to to come out and it actually took a little uh, abnormal processing a little extra processing to get it to to where it, where it would go and and that goes back i guess again i'm sure probably a bit of the different alloys involved yeah um you mentioned earlier you know fuji using a little different alloy than than alps and mm -hmm. and than probably some of the other vendors that that have titanium guides, American yep. Tackle and, and Sea Guide as well. Yeah, and they all consider them highly proprietary, and they're not going to tell you what's in there. <laughs> and I think it also goes beyond just the alloy. Um, it also has to do with the the amount of polishing and post processing that okay. was done yeah. to the guide, and you know, mm -hmm. after after it was stamped um, or, yeah. or stamped formed, formed um, whatever. Yeah, the, the higher. The higher the finish quality and the polish quality of the titanium, the the better and brighter the color comes out. Um, yeah, you know, some of the very large, some of the larger frame titanium guides uh, have a bit more of a matte kind of finish. Mm -hmm. You know, when they come to you, mm -hmm. and that results in a bit more of a matte, uh, you know, matte color, um, just yeah. because. You just don't have that that bright, you know, that same level of reflectivity. But right, it's uh, you know, again, that's just sort of where you sort of have to learn the nuances of each 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 part and kind of what they take through the process to to get there. And and, and unfortunately, that does as, as we mentioned earlier, that leads a, a bit into some of the bone pile, but um, that that can occur, yep. and that's just that's just cost of cost of business so to speak the price and, of innovation yeah but gosh it makes me shudder at the price of size 40 titanium guides <laughs> yeah no i i know I, I, I've, I've joked around i actually had one customer who did a 50 he was peering it with a stella limited edition so i don't think the cost of the guide was really right, a concern was what was slowing um, him down yeah but exactly. uh, i i was threatening to keep the guide and and screw it onto my hood as a hood ornament on my truck <laughs> <laughs> it's big enough the, yeah the rod builder bling you know oh but, that'd be um, cool you know i think that probably a good area good place to kind of touch on you know as looping back around to rod builders being makers and and do it yourself or is it right you know this there are areas of this that you know there's there that can be done by you know the the general rod builder uh with the right equipment and materials i think a few things that are worth highlighting um on both the powder coating and the anodization side, uh, I'll start with the titanium anodization. Sure, please. It is you know there are some chemicals involved in in mm -hmm. in the process to get a a good quality result, 
and you're also dealing with electricity around liquids. So right. I think it's, you know, there's, there's a level of safety that you need to, to, and you need to know what you're doing and how you go about it. Sure. You know, at times you're, you know, some of the colors that are involved to get some of the colors, like the greens in particular, mm-hmm. you're working with approaching 100 volts, give or take. And enough to feel it. <laughs> and enough that uh, if you happen to accidentally bump the guide that's connected to the to the anode or the positive side, I always forget anode or cathode. Uh, if you bump that up against the the negative side, it will let you know. Yeah, I bet <laughs> it will wake you up really quick, and it will leave a little arc <laughs> mark on the part. Um, you do a little titanium welding in the in the process. So, um, you know, it's something you definitely need to be careful and and use. You know, ideally, you should be probably you know using some rubber gloves when you're working with parts and and things. And and with some of the chemicals, you're doing the, you know there should be proper ventilation things of that nature. Absolutely. Um, on the flip yep. side, with the with the powder coating side, um, I think, um, you know, that is probably more of a matter you're working with, uh, uh, one, you're working with with a, a powder particulate, and depending you know, if you're applying that with a traditional powder coating gun, um, you know, that's going out in a ultra, very, very fine pat, uh, powder that's being, you know, airborne. Right. So there's uh, air quality issues of wearing wearing a mask and or, or having, you know, good ventilation to pull yep. that powder yep. away from you um and then you're putting it into an oven so it's not that it's an unsafe process by any means there but you just you need to need to be think about where you're where where you're placing your oven and making sure it's uh safe from any heat and fire hazards and right. that might be around it uh, right. and definitely don't do it in in the kitchen oven um yeah i was gonna say don't do it in the kitchen oven. Very fast. <laughs> um and 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 you know even joking aside it it that powder as it flows out it does give off some fumes that that yeah. will and that will collect on the oven and you, you don't want to be going back and cooking food in an oven that you had uh that, that you're doing your powder coating in so yeah the, you know the good thing is you can pick up toaster ovens or even old ovens off craigslist for not too terrible if you wanted to try that route yeah. but it's yeah you know a matter of sort of doing that uh and um you know the biggest challenge i think for for powder coating and, and a lot of people ask me about this is does putting the guides in a powder coating oven damage the ceramics or loosen the epoxy on the ceramics that hold them into the rings and so forth? And, and the short answer there is no, at least not in the time duration, the heat le- in the temperature levels that we're using here. Yeah. But the bigger issue is needing to su- properly mask off those rings so that you yeah. get a nice, clean, professional-looking finish. Yeah, and then. You know, in, in the case where I'm trying to do a, do them in a you know certain level of quantity, um, being able to do that efficiently, yeah, um, that's that's probably the, you know there's certainly a lot of time that goes in, involved. So that that's an area I've developed some proprietary masking systems to uh, to mask those off. This that allows me to do that in a reasonable reasonable time fashion. But it's absolutely it, you know, again when I talk about it, I touch every guide. I touch every guide, and in the case of powder coating, I probably touch every guide a lot of times. Four times, <laughs> yeah. It's ironic. It's it, process. Yeah, you know, you. It, it's ironic that you know, on one side, you've got the anodization with the titanium parts, and that that's a much more expensive part, but a, in many ways, a simpler process. The powder coating is way more labor intensive, right? It is, and you know, I try to try to not make that become an issue because again, I want the powder, you know, I want the powder coating to be able to be a more accessible part. You know, the flip side is, you know, I think a lot of anglers understand, or a lot of rod builders understand the value of the titanium parts just from, yep. particularly their saltwater rod yeah, builders. Inherently, right? yeah, um, right. So it's, and, and, you know, de- 
when you're looking at the cost of building a custom rod, particularly a high-end custom rod where you're where you're considering putting this level of customization, you know, it may be in the noise factor anyway, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. So it's so there's so that, that kind of consideration. But so I, I try to look at it more about the color options and, and so forth. But it you know, again, like everything, choice is a good thing and and enabling Amen. Enable that to whether it be color or, or material, you know, I don't want those to be the inhibitor to creating another way that you can express yourself through your through your custom rod. Absolutely. Build. So I know you can't. Quick question. I know you can't uh, anodize the stainless steel. Can you powder coat titanium? Not that you would want to. Uh, yes. Ab can yeah, you? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And, and I do do an occasion for. We don't. I don't. A tip top I don't matching or for special colors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't have that. I don't have that configuration on the website. Just. Most people are going powder coating because of the cost. Yeah. But yeah. if someone wants red, but they want a titanium, you know, frame, and and you know, we can absolutely do that. And I've done that on on numerous occasions for okay. several customers. So yeah, um, and yeah. you can see Mike's got a great site. It's very easy to work with. He's got some galleries that feature his beautiful rod building work. But you can go to backcreekcustomrods.com. And when you land on that page, you're going to get immediately two sort of options on the left or, or port is custom rods and repair. And you can click on that photo and go to that stuff. Or on the right, what we're talking about today, these custom color guides. And you just click on the, the picture of all the amazing uh, guide colors and click shop custom colored guides and you're off and running. So and it, it's very, very simple to order. And again, you have options if you want to send Mike um, your guides or if you want to just go ahead and buy them from him. But uh, yeah, so www.backcreekcustomrods.com. So Mike, uh, I know you you alluded to it early on. I know you're really involved with this uh, with the Striper Mafia tournament series, those, those catch photo release tournaments like... Uh, What's what's the latest with that? Is it all is it all shut down for the the winter currently, or what's the schedule for twenty twenty four looking like? Yeah, so so we we run those we run four tournaments a year, and we do it spring and fall to when when we when the temperatures are conducive for release of striped bass, which sure. which don't like to be released in warmer weather. Right. Um, we've historically kind of taken the January February kind of time frame off because up at Smith Mountain Lake, Virginia can kind of be hit and miss you just never know if you're going to have an ice storm or a snowstorm or it's going to right. be a 70 degree day in, yeah. in january but um so yeah we typically run them march april and then november december or, or very late october just sort of depending on how the calendar and other events fall around that so you're kind of getting ready to start to gear up for that trying to get a little ahead of things this year as opposed to Waiting to the week or two before and realize, oh yeah, we still gotta get everything in. So actually just just got my uh, measuring board stickers for the season back from a printer last week and trying to trying to be a little bit ahead of it. So oh man, you're ahead of the game. I, I'm hoping that's the goal is so that I can uh, last last year and the year before, yeah, it would be we'd be at ICRBE, then I would come straight out of that, and then there's a a surf heaver demo day in in eastern North Carolina that I that I participate in, and then. And then it was right into our tournament. So yeah. trying to trying to get some things, you know, where we're not too stressed coming into coming into all those events here as we get into February. Well, you got a lot of irons in the fire, my friend. You're doing a good job keeping all the balls in the air. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I try to, you know, it's the it's the like most like most custom rod builders, this is our, you know, this is our weekend slash evening second right. shift job. Side job, right? Yeah, exactly. So uh, you know, we 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 do what we can to keep that going. But no, it's it's fun. It's like I said, I I enjoy it for the creativity aspect and you know, the ability to 
go build something and, see, and, then, and then go fish it personally or, oh, or yeah. see the excitement of a customer who receives it, uh, you know, and, and also you know, building the, you know, meeting other builders around uh, this, just this past weekend, as we record this, I was, uh, had the opportunity to participate in a, a local uh, boat dealer had a open house boat show and yeah. had a number of, uh, you know, tackle vendors in, and, uh, had the opportunity to be there um, along with a couple other rod builders, uh, Wes Motzinger from uh, Motzinger Custom Rods. Oh yeah, uh, was there as well, and uh, so it was great to get, get some spend some time chatting with him. But uh, also, you know, have opportunity to be like that, and, and was able to gift uh, four four young anglers with their own very own custom rod, and oh you know, man, help, help pass the uh, you know, help pass things down to the next generation, and get the next generation keep them involved and in, in passionate about fishing or get oh, them yeah. passionate about. Well, that's awesome. I, I've met Wes. I don't know him well, but I, I know his work and he does some beautiful work and it's it's always fun to get together with other builders. So for people that are looking to track you down, though, obviously we talked about the Back Creek Custom Rods website, backcreekrods.com, backcreekcustomrods.com, excuse me. But uh, are you going to be at ICRB again this year? I am. Yep. We have a we have a booth at ICRB again this year. Perfect. Uh, looking forward to that. Um, I'll actually be also doing a a speaking seminar on uh, I think the coveted last time slot on Sunday actually uh, but uh, so but uh, there'll be some uh, there'll be some incentives to hang around for that so oh that's awesome folks should, uh, folks I'll be there try. man I wouldn't miss it for the world I'll be there listening hey, but yeah I'll, I'll be doing a seminar on uh, techniques for improving your epoxy on uh, epoxy finish on your rods so nice well I have seen your work and you are someone we should listen to because you get great results that's awesome um, and we're, we're going to do an event uh, and I know you've come to some of the anglers resource events in the past we're doing one in April I hope maybe we can entice you into into showing up and bringing the wife for that event as well yeah, I think I'm going to do trying. I need to start looking at some logistics around that, but that is, um, I think, the, a day or two after my birthday. So I think that may be the birthday weekend this year. Birthday so, weekend. Uh, All we need way, was but... a reason to celebrate. You come on, exactly. and we're going to have the entire custom rod building world celebrate you and your birthday, my friend. There you go. But 43. Uh... 43, right? You told me before we. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> Give or 44. take. I'm sorry, it's 44. Yeah, I was off a year, right? But no, it no, it's always like I said, it's always good to get together. I mean, it's one of those things I've I've you know had the opportunity over the last handful of years to attend a number of rod gathering events, you know, down in Florida and and there in Alabama and up in in New York and different places. Uh, and you know, you know, sometimes oh, I'm not gonna learn anything. I already know those things. That's you're always learning something, right? And, and no, hundred percent. And making friends and make it's just so fun that, to hang out with people that share common interests. And I, yeah, exactly. I can't remember who, I can't remember who said this to me, but somebody told me kind of early on in my in my YouTube channel days. You know, nobody knows everything, and everybody knows something. You know what I mean? Yep. It's it's just so fascinating when you go to these events. Oh, I, I'm like you. I always learn something or some tip or trick or see some color scheme that I hadn't thought of before or some combination of techniques. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I never would have thought of that. That's so cool. Uh, it's just, I, I love that inspiration and the passion. It kind of keeps your batteries charged for building rods and working on things and, uh, and just a really, really good time always. So yeah, I hope if anyone's listening and they're thinking about maybe, I don't know, going to a NURBS event near them, going to a mud hole event, going to a, you know, ICRBE going to, you know, I don't know, one of the guild events, um, 
you know, I, I went for the first time to the one that, that they host up in Wisconsin with St. Croix. It was such a cool event and such a great group of people. And, um, you know, by virtue of St. Croix hosting it and getting the factory access and getting the ability to roll your own blanks, some of this stuff, like it's just, yeah, I, I, I'm with, I'm with you. I highly encourage people to, uh, to go to these events and it's, there's a reason why you see some of us like me and Mike being junkies and going to everyone we can go to. And that's because they're that much fun and, and that productive and beneficial. So if, if you have haven't tried one look one up near you if you're not sure what's happening around you you can reach out here to the mastering rod building podcast and we will give you a schedule and let you know what's going on around the country but highly recommended so as are the custom colored guides from back creek custom rods mike thank you so much for coming on and sharing your knowledge with us and and again i just can't say enough if you've never seen a set of these guides live you'll be impressed and they, they make a difference and they really pop. So, uh, you know, look, look Mike up. And, and certainly if you're looking to try to do it on your own, you can see some of what's possible, uh, you know, on his website. And, and if you want some done, uh, there's literally nobody I can recommend, uh, like I'd recommend Mike, it just does beautiful work and I count on him and Mike just appreciate so much the, the quality work you do and your willingness to come on the podcast and share with us. So thanks so much for being here again for the second time on the same topic. <laughs> I will. I will. We mentioned the website, obviously. There, um, people want to see some more pictures. As one thing, I realize that I don't have a ton of pictures of all the different permutations of guide sets that I've mm-hmm. done on the website itself. But they can, if you're on Facebook, pop over to Custom Color Guides page Perfect. and look at the photo albums there. And there's there's pictures of a yeah. lot of them that I've done to kind of give you some thoughts and inspiration and, and ideas there across the different sizes. So, and, and if you have just questions around it, uh, don't hesitate to reach out to me as well um, through the website or Facebook or otherwise. And it's always good to chat with other fellow rod builders on, on these topics. So. Yeah. And Mike's very responsive and, and available and we'll get back to you quickly. And I believe you will be very happy with the results. So man, Mike, appreciate so much you being here and uh, appreciate everybody listening. Please uh, like, and subscribe and 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 download wherever you get your podcast content. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, Bill. That's going to wrap it up for this week. But if you'd like to be notified as soon as all new podcasts are released, just text the word FISHING to 587-317-6099. We'll add you to our email list so you can stay up to date. Thanks for listening.